Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. How you guys doing? You got, can you guys stay up here for a little bit? I'm sorry, man. Sorry, you're about to put the guitar down and everything. Uh, everybody good? Yeah. Got, the, got the mic, if you're like an MC with this mic up here, bro. Loving it, loving it. Back in the day, I used to, uh, when I was a little kid, I, I, I looked like this mic because I had an afro, real skinny with an afro, so I, I, it reminds me of my childhood. Um, I'm blessed to, to be here. This is always, it feels like home. And, uh, and, I, and I know uh, God is doing something in this house. The presence of God is, is thick in this place. And I uh, just want to be obedient to the Lord. Oh, can you get this, please? God. Oh, man, that hurt. This squats the other day, a friend of mine. Sitting right there in the second row, made me do 200 squats and I'm dying. Um, but I want to be obedient to the Lord really quick. Got my phone on and everything. What a mess. Uh, Chris, can you do me a favor? Can you can you come up here and just is that piano on? Can you sit on the piano really quick? He wasn't expecting this. He's a friend of mine. Uh, Can he use that bench? He's a big boy, but I hope that thing don't break. That's that's platano power right there. That's a Dominican. Is that? We're not gonna do. We're not gonna do a concert, guys. Don't worry. I'm not gonna do that to him. But I just saw. If you want to play, you can play. If you don't want to play, you don't have to. But uh, just want to do a prophetic act, man. I believe that. Uh, that God wants to restore something that was broken in you. And, I, <clears throat> and uh, as we were worshiping, I just had this vision of you by, behind the keyboards. And just uh, him smiling down on you. And, and I just heard rest- restoration, restoration, restoration. So uh, I just want to pray for you. If you want to play, you can play, man. You know, you don't have to do a song, just whatever you want to play. It doesn't matter. I just want to pray for you. You guys can just extend your hands this way. Father, I thank you for Chris's life. Many times, my God, I've heard this man play. And the moment that he touches the keys, heaven opens has nothing to do with how much music he knows. It has nothing to do with how talented he is. It's just his heart of worship towards you. And you told me to do this, so that's all I'm doing is being obedient. So Father, I pray that what's been broken would be restored today. That a passion and a fire, my God, that once burned bright will once again burn in his heart. A desire to seek you, a desire to know you, a desire to hear you, that a 
that his fingers would be an instrument of worship in intimacy, an instrument of healing in public, a prophetic sound, Lord, a sound of deliverance, a sound of hope, my God. I thank you for his life, Lord. And I see you smiling down on him, my God, as he plays right now. I see how your heart is full of joy, my God, a, a father that is proud of his son. You were molded for this, says your father. When I wove you together in your father's in your mother's womb, I detailed you perfectly for this. Your heart, your fingers, everything about you was made for worship. I thank you for his life, my God. And I bless him in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Lift your hands up. Just lift your hands. message is not the most important message 
Your message is the only message that's important in this place. You're the one that has words of life. So you speak in this place and you continue to move in this place. The Holy One, our Redeemer, the Great I Am, our strong tower, our refuge, the line of the tribe of Judah, our Savior. You are great. You are awesome. You are the, the most greatest God, Father God, and no one can compare to you. So in this place, we lift you up, Jesus. 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 We lift you up, my God. Name of above all names. We love you. We honor you. And we worship you in this place, my God. We worship you in this place. I yield, my God, to you. Despite my brokenness, I ask that you would use me in this place, my God. I can only brag about my weakness, my God. Because I am weak, Father God. But you, in you, I am made strong, Lord. It's your strength, not mine. So today, speak, my God. Speak to us, my God. We need your words of life, my God. We need hope. We need your fire. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, give it up to him, man. Woo. My goodness. It's crazy how the Lord can just wreck you in a matter of minutes, right? Wait, hey, bro. Not tanto, boy. You're going to stay here all day. Get him back on the keyboard. Wants to play the whole entire time. Now, give it up for Chris, guys. You got to celebrate each other's gifts, man. Wow. So, uh, you guys are doing a series on opportunities, right? And I, uh, I, uh, I, I've, been, I've been, you know, chiming in every once in a while and just listening to some of the messages. And, and I, I know God has been doing some amazing, amazing things. I want to honor Pastor Chris and Re, uh, Pastor Rigo and Pastor Nancy. I'm sorry. Uh, and I want to just... Uh, Tell them thank you. I don't know if they're watching. Thank you for, you know, you're not here and just confiding in me and what God's put in me, you know, with your with your house and with your family. I want to bless you guys, man. Uh, and it's an honor to call you friends. You're more than friends. You're your brother Rigo, and I and I and I bless you, man. I bless you. And I declare God will continue to bless that heart that you have. Um Amen. All right. So let me get started. You guys excited? Man, I've been dropped a little weight, but I, so I'm, I don't know. I'm getting cold more, more than normal. I mean, usually I'm always sweating, but you know I'm cold, man. I don't know. It doesn't help that my pants have holes, but okay, that's another thing. Um, <laughs> holy, holy now. Um, let's uh, let's turn uh, turn with me to Mark chapter 12 verses 41 through 44 and the, the title of the preaching today is called all a l l very simple and this is what it says Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury many rich people threw in large amounts but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. 
Calling the disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They, have all, they all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. So it's very interesting. The Bible says that, we, we, you know, not by bread alone does a man live, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God, right? And sometimes we read through a scripture, and I'm, I'm very, I like movies. So when I, when I read the Bible, immediately I make a movie in my head. I don't know how many of you guys are like that, no? Yes? So, I constantly, so I'm like, I picture Jesus chilling, you know, he's, he's, he's across from where they put the offerings. And it's crazy that anywhere, out of all the places he could sit in the temple, yes, he sat right across from where people were giving their tithe and offering. That's, you know, because the, the Bible takes the time to mention that. So we can't just skim over that like if it's just another word, right? So my question is, when I read this, like, why would Jesus sit right by, I guess, the offering basket or, you know, I don't know what you guys have. You guys have like a booth in the back, that every t- a box, the black box, like in the plane, indestructible. <laughs> the black box. And he sat there and he watched People, can you, I mean, I don't know, man, but if I come into the church and Jesus is sitting by the offering, the black box, you know, I'm going to be like, man, uh, that makes me nervous. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, you're folding the check so he can't see the amount. No, no, I'm playing. You wouldn't do that. But, but you just, you know, you're trying, like, it just, it adds a little, like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's pressure, right? Like, man, Jesus is by the offering, like, basket the box. To me, it speaks about what's important to him. It's not so much money, but it's the giving that he cares about. It seems like the giving shows the type of life that you're living. I've always wanted to be a rapper since I couldn't do that. I rhyme in my preachings, you know? <laughs> Pastor Rigo used to rap in the day. I think his rap name was like Brims or something like that. So back, that's how old that we go back. Our giving shows a lot about who we are as people. And I'm not here to, 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 to talk to you about money because it's not about money. As a matter of fact, in Acts, Peter's walking by and, and a crippled man that he's been crippled since birth. Yes? He's asking him for what? Silver or gold? He's like, yo, show me some money. And Peter says, no. Silver and gold I don't have. But what I have, I give to you. Giving is not so much about money, but about the heart behind what's been given. So Jesus wasn't counting money. He was looking at hearts. And that's why it was important for him. Because as people gave, he could see, he could see the hearts of these people. And we are impressed by quantity. Jesus looks at the quality of what's happening. And I thank God for that. I thank God for that. Giving. Giving. In 2 Samuel, chapter 24, verses 18 to 24, there's a situation that's going on. And I'm going to read it really quick. This is uh, 
it's about King David, but I'm going to speak. You guys have it up there? No? Second Samuel, turn to your Bibles or your iPads or your iPhones, whatever. Second uh, Samuel 24, verses 18 to 24. On that day, God went to David and said to him, Go up and build an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Araunah, the Jebusite. So David went up as the Lord had commanded through God. When Araunah, excuse me, looked and saw the king and his officials coming toward him, he went out and bowed down before the king with his face to the ground. Araunah said, Why has my lord the king come to his servant? To buy your threshing floor, David answered, so I can build an altar to the Lord that the plague on the people may be stopped. Araunah said to David, let my lord the king take whatever he wishes and offer it up. And offer it up. Here are oxen for the burnt offering and, there are, and here are the threshing sledges and ox yokes for the wood. Your majesty, Araunah, gives, gives, gives all this to the king. Arana also said to him, may the Lord your God accept you. But the king, listen to David's response. So I don't know if you guys see what's happening. There's a plague going on because, you know, David messed up. He, he made a mistake. There's a plague on the people. And he and God asks him to give him an offering, right? So he tells him specific instructions. You need to go here and you need to build me an altar and, 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 and make me an, uh, an offering in this place. So now the guy is like, yo, King David, oh, my goodness. And he's, he's excited, you know, and he's like, wow, um, you know, what are you doing here? And he's like, well, I came to do this, this, and that. So what he says, he's like, all right, you're going to build an offering? He's like, I'm going to give you the wood. Use my ox. I mean, here's the oxen to sacrifice. Use everything. And he begins to give it to, to the king. It's a good thing, yes? Yes? It's a good thing. It's a noble thing. But look at David's response. But the king replied to Arana, no. <laughs> what? Arana was probably like, I'm a little offended. Like, I'm, I'm trying to hook you up, David. Like, let me help you. No, I insist on paying you for it. I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. Can I talk to you for a bit? The church here in the United States for many years have been giving, including me, including myself in this, I'm not pointing fingers, we have been giving offerings that don't cost us anything. This year has started off, at, for me, it's already crazy. I don't know if 2021 is going to be better or worse, at the end of the day, that doesn't matter for those that are followers of Jesus. But we have, we have gotten too comfortable in our walk. And, and we're, we're, we're okay with just giving, huh, I'm going to come to church on Sundays. You know, I'll talk to the lady at the cash register in Publix about Jesus. Or I'll just say, God bless you, so I can quiet the, the, you know, that voice in my head that told me to preach or prophesy. Or, oh man, I don't know if I want to forgive that person that wounded me so deeply that I'm, I'm dealing with, I've been dealing with bitterness for the last three or four years. Because we only choose to forgive those who we think deserve it. But those that we say, uh, 
we don't choose to forgive. The Bible says to pray for your enemies, to love your enemies. So my question is, what is it costing you? For some of us, it doesn't even cost us sleep. When's the last time you woke up at 4 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning to go and seek his face? And maybe not even to ask for anything, but just to seek his face. We get up for the gym. We get up for a trip to Disney real early because we don't want to get traffic. But we don't want to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning to have a face-to-face encounter with our, with our Savior, with our Creator, with the source of our life and our power. What are you sacrificing? Not a very popular message, but it needs to cost you something. That's a king right there. That's a man that Jesus, or God says, he's a a man after my own heart, he said. Come on, I'll put that on your resume. You know what I'm saying? References. God. You know, what does he say? He's after my own heart. Boy, there's not a job in the world that you wouldn't get. But church, my family, we need to stop giving things that don't cost us anything. I don't know. You guys are trainers, right? You're, the, you're a trainer? You know, I've been working out. I, my, my training partner's right there. I know it's not impressive, but, you know, he's right there. <laughs> you know, uh, he's my best friend. That's my best friend. And we, we, we work out, and he has a little gym at his house. And uh, so he tells me this thing. I don't know if this is true, but he's like, the, the ones that count is the ones that you, you do after you can't do anymore. Is that true? Sacrifice. The ones that count? It's what you do when you can't do anymore. Oh, no, 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 but you don't understand. He stole money from me. Okay, so why don't you go and give him a check for 100 bucks? Can you imagine somebody stole from you and you show up at the door? Pepito. Hey, man, uh, listen. I just want to tell you, I, I know I love you. He knows that you stole money, right? And here's a check for 100 bucks, but I just wanted to bless your life. What? What? That's the type of sacrifice that makes him smile. Let's keep going. Sorry. I usually bring paper. I'm not really like, uh, uh, I'm here working with the iPad, so bear with me. We want fire without sacrifice. You, me- you remember the, the, the battle between Elijah, the prophets of Baal? That's like, they should make a movie about that. I'm serious, bro, because that's, like that's like a crazy scene, right? They could have just had a, like a fire war. Like, okay, let's say, look, I'm going to ask my God to send fire, and you're going to ask your God to send fire, and we're going to see who sends fire first. Yes? It, it would have been like a fireworks, you know, like, if, you know, like 4th of July, you know? To see who said they could have done that, but they didn't do that. They built an altar. They put 
they put bulls on the altar. They cut them up real nice. That took time, you know, and they put it on the altar. And then after that, they asked for fire. We want fire, but no sacrifice. The fire did not come until the altar was built and the bull was on the altar. And sometimes we say, Lord, we want revival. I want your fire. Holy Spirit, burn in me. And God's like, where's the sacrifice? I'm not talking about salvation. Don't get it twisted. We are saved by the sacrifice that Jesus made on that cross. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about a different style of living. I'm talking about if you want revival in your life and in the life of those around you. If you want to be used like Peter, you're walking around and your shadow heals people. I'm talking about when you speak that you see the dead come to rise. I'm talking about those type of things. And ever since I came to the feet of Christ, I've, I've read about it. And I look around me and I'm like, Lord, where is it? I look in the mirror like, Lord, I don't look like that. Where's the sacrifice? Where? What is it costing you? No sacrifice, no fire. Write that down. Matthew 25, verses 24 to 26. This is what it says. Then he, then he who had received, this is the parable of the talents. We've heard it many times. Then he who had received the one talent, we talked, he gave him five, right? He multiplied it, he got blessed. The other one he gave two, multiplied it, he got blessed. Now, this is the man that gave one. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. Wicked is a strong word, right? It's strong. And this parable is talking also about money, but it's also talking about what we do with what God's giving, given us. The first thing is, and maybe this is another preaching for another day, but he definitely has a mis misconstrued conception of his master. Yes? But what catches my attention, he says, I was afraid. Oh, man, if there's any time that we can kind of see, feel like that guy right now, is right now, you know, COVID, my, man, I don't know, my aunt, had, two of my aunts have COVID. Don't worry, I'm not, I don't live with them or anything, but they, one's in Orlando, one's here, man, both of my, my dad got COVID, it's like it hit my family all at the same time, I'm like, what's going on? You know, what's going on? People are, are afraid. You know, I walked into Publix the other day and there was a guy who looked like almost like an astronaut. He was like so covered up. I'm like, I'm like, yo. I'm like, what? I'm like, you just come from the moon or something, bro? Like, what? What's going on? And that's fine. Everybody can do what they want, but the fear is so tangible now. You can't. If you sneeze in public, so you're doing that. <laughs> you know, those are dangerous, bro. Because if that pressure is not coming out your mouth, you know what I'm saying? You gotta be careful. You gotta be careful. <laughs> you know. People are scared to cough. You can't, you sniff, bro, anything, people. 
and they start like sliding, you know, away from you. Fear everywhere. Oh, the presidency, the riots, the Black Lives Matter, the All Lives Matter, everything's going on, and fear and fear. And I don't want to do this, I don't want to do that, I don't want to touch this guy because oh, oh, oh. fear is what stopped that man from bringing what God had given him and multiplying it. Now, what did he do? He got it and he did what? Buried it underground. In Genesis, when God is creating man, he says he got dust from the, formed it, and then, maybe we're like that man. That we're not burying our talents of what God's given us underground, but underground. We use our excuses about fear. We use about excuses about financial struggle. We use our excuses about I'm not good enough. We use our excuses about but you're but it's hard right now. We, we use our all these excuses and we bury what God has given us under all those excuses. Saying, saying, Lord, you can't use me. I don't have enough money. I can't talk. I can't preach. And we begin to bury all of what God's given us. And instead of ex expressing it or giving it to the people that need it most. Peter, when he gave that man what he had, that man was dealing with something that he had from birth. Listen to me. We can't just read things. This guy walked for 25, 35, 40. I don't know how many years he had walked or been on the earth. But he had been crippled all his life. And the answer to that problem and that sickness and that pain and that depression and that darkness was, was lying within Peter. And if Peter made excuses and buried his talents underground, that miracle, that life, those descendants, because that man's family was never the same. We just talk about that man, but what about his kids? What about his wife? What about his parents and his brothers and sisters when they see him up and walking down the street? What happens to a town that has been seeing him laying by the gates all those years and all of a sudden that man is dancing and jumping and leaping? Revival. We got to stop burying our talents underground, man. I know it's scary. I know it's scary to maybe, you know, speak to somebody and tell them about Jesus or maybe God tells, man, you know, there's been times, can I, can I be honest with you? I was, I, I was a youth pastor a while back. You know, he was one of my leaders and uh, my wife and I. And I remember I was like, man, I got to hear God's voice. And then I would be like, we were, we were, it was like, I forgot which one it was, but we were trying to rent a hotel by the beach because it was a, I think it was a, I don't know if it was a Hill, Hillsong conference or something. And we were trying to rent a hotel for all the kids. So I went to go talk to the guy. And in my head, I just heard, oh, ask him if he knows, like, I forgot the name. Ask him if he knows Wendy. I'm like, okay. Was I a thousand percent sure that that was God? Can I be honest with you? No. But I did it anyways. I was like, hey, listen, do you know Wendy? No? Okay. <laughs> he has no idea what happened. 
But what happened in my heart that day is I chose to unbury my talent. It's not big things. It's not the quantity. It's the quality. And maybe people don't see it, but God sees it. And then the next time I spoke, it was true. And then one time we're in Hawaii. My wife, I think I told you guys, my wife, I think was her, her lung collapsed. My God, on our anniversary, happy anniversary. You know, we flew, I don't know, I think 12 hours in a day or two days in a day. And then we, we decided the next day, you know, like, like good Miami people that have never been in a, high, in a high altitude place. We, we, we went all the way to the top of a, of a volcano, that the top of a volcano is above the clouds. Imagine that. So that didn't do too well with my wife's lung. <laughs> my, lung my wife's lung was like, tap out. So then all of that, so I can go to a pharmacy in, 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 in Maui, a little pharmacy, which they thought I was a thug, because when I walked in there, it's, can you can you take off your hat? Can you do this? And I'm like, bro, in Miami, I get profiled. And now in Hawaii, I get profiled. And I, and I, I think I could, I could pass for a Hawaiian, kind of Samoan, mini Samoan, you know? <laughs> but I was like, <laughs> like, bro, I guess it's something about my face, you know what I'm saying? It has to be, because ever since I was a teenager, bro, the cop always pick on me, everybody, my teachers, everybody. It's like, I have a, a face that like, I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> so... So I, I was like, can I use your restroom? And they were very hesitant. Like, what's this guy going to use the restroom for? I'm like, bro, I just need to use the restroom. They let me go to the restroom. I go inside the restroom. I'm like washing my hands. And I think I hear the name Justin. Justin's not a very Hawaiian name. You know, right? You know what I'm saying? It doesn't seem like if you go to Hawaii and you're like, oh, what's your name? Justin. Like, Justin, Timmy, you know, Bob. You know, <laughs> those are not Hawaiian names. You know, I'm thinking about, I don't know, what's this known name? Uh, I don't know. Mahano, Yeah. Uh, Moana, you know, something like that, you know what I'm saying, You're, something like that, and I'm like, all right, Justin, go outside, hey, listen, by any chance you guys know, you guys know uh, somebody named Justin, they start looking at each other, and I'm like, suspense, yeah, he's the only one that's not here that works here, you know him, no, but tell him I have a message for God, for him. And I spoke, and you just, you just seen the, the, the pharmacist. He was like, and the, the, the girl in the register, she, she looked kind of hippie. She was like, wow, so cool. <laughs> I don't know what happened with Justin. I don't know if they gave you the message or not, but I know what happened in that place. And I don't care if you're a doctor or a scientist, but when a little short, dark Hawaiian looking guy comes from all the way from Miami to give a message to the only person that doesn't that works and it's not there you're going to ask yourself some questions what do you have buried what do you have buried today church what's underground that you've been afraid to let go and release some of you guys are here and you think you're not good enough to be used by God that's a lie from the pit of hell as a matter of fact, you are so powerful that he felt that he needed to lie to you about it. Think about that. The enemy made it his purpose to lie you, to lie to you about that you don't have what it takes to be used by God because of what's inside you. Man, unbury that talent and watch God multiply it. Amen. You guys are receiving today? not recording the preaching, I'll listen to it myself, so don't worry.
Now, Matthew 13, verse 44. <clears throat> Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, <clears throat> who when he found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. You know, I was reading this. They, the guy that was the, found the treasure in the land, yes, he found the treasure and he had to go buy the land. My question is, what was the owner of the land doing? The treasure was in his land. So my question is, why didn't the owner of the land find the treasure that was in his land? I was, I, I was going to save this for the end, but the Holy Spirit is telling me to say this right now. Listen to this. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Amazing, right? We love that verse. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Great verse. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Check this out. He says, you will seek me and find me. It would have been great if it stopped right there. But then there's a when. A when is almost like a but. Not as bad, but it's, it's a when. Not a but, but a but. And he says, when you seek me with all of your heart. Meaning, you can seek and not find. Listen, listen. He didn't, he didn't, he made it a point to say, when, seek, when you seek me, you will find me. If you seek me with all, when you seek me with all of your heart. I wonder how many of us are seeking, but not with all of our hearts. My question is, are you finding? There's no more frustrated Christian that is spending his time, his time seeking and not finding. Because the promise is, when you seek with all of your heart, not just seek. So what that owner did, he probably walked a couple, around, a couple of times around his property. Oh, look at the trees. Oh, the bush. Oh, look, a patch of dirt. Oh, look, a hill. Oh, look, this. Look, that. That other man, he was probably on his hands and knees, digging, 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 and he didn't find anything. And he would move five feet, and he would dig, and he would dig, and he would move ten feet, and he would dig, and he would dig. He was probably tired. He was probably thirsty. He was probably hungry. He was dirty. He was sore. And he, he probably took a five-minute break, and he went ten feet more, and he digged, and he dig, and he dug, and he dug, and he dug. And one time, he's digging, all of a sudden. He found something. Doesn't say what he found. But what he found pushed him to sell all that he owned and buy that land. 
didn't buy the treasure. You bought the land. Because when you find treasure in the land, you think, what? There's more. When you seek Jesus with all your heart, you will find them. And you'll give everything that you are to follow him. But the best thing is, there's more. There's more. The next day you wake up again and you seek him with all your heart. And you seek and you, and you find him. And the next day again, and sometimes two or three times a day. And every time you seek with all of your heart, his promises, you will find him. You will find him. So my question is, are we seeking with all of our heart? Are we emptying the tank? Or are we just saving a little bit for us? I don't know about you. My prayer this morning, Lord, I want to seek you with all of my heart. I don't want to leave anything in the tank. Take it all. I want to see your face, man. I want to know you. I know what changes a man is that he is that what encounters you. I don't want to live off yesterday's manna. I want you today. I want you now. What do you want, Lord? What do you want? You can come up, you guys, the band. I'm finishing up. We're going to go back to the beginning, the first verse we read. And it says this. Again, this is Jesus sitting down. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very... Does anybody have two pennies? All the bothers like, no. Can you, can you lend me two pennies or give me two pennies? I mean, I could give them back to you if you want. It's fine. I will get down, but my, my legs are sore. All right. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Pray that God will multiply it. I'm serious. Could always we could determine the size of the seed, but we're not the ones that are in charge of the size of the fruit. Two pennies. The poor widow is in the back of the temple watching all these men drop their bunches of money. She's in the back probably broken. She's a widow. She's poor. She might be hungry. Those poor people are hungry. I don't know if she's rubbing the two coins together like I'm doing now. 
I don't know if she's hiding it in her pocket because she's ashamed of what she's about to give. But I, and, I, and the Bible doesn't say what's going on in her life. The Bible doesn't say if she needs a miracle. She just they just say she's a widow and she's poor. And Jesus does say she gave all that she had, but she's back there. And I can picture her walking through the crowd through all those men with her two little coins. She looks at Jesus. Jesus looks at her. She doesn't know who that guy is. Why is he staring into my soul? Why does it feel like I know him? Why does it feel like he knows me? She looks in, into that basket or whatever it is that they have. She sees all this money. She looks in her hand. What do I have to give? This is all I have. How does this compare to that? What are people going to say? They're going to laugh when I drop these two coins in. She goes. She drops it. One. Two. She turns around. Walks back to where she was. I don't know if there's a smile on Jesus' face, but I'm sure I know my Savior is probably smiling. He calls his disciples. Come. Come here. They're probably thinking, man, we must have banked. Bro, if he's calling us, must be crazy offering. We're going to eat some steak tonight. Come here. Look. They look, they're like, yo. you give when you don't have 
that makes that seed precious. And that seed will do what any other seed won't. And again, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about what God has deposited inside of you. Don't wait for things to get good. It's the perfect opportunity to give. And when you give now, when everything's crazy, it makes that seed precious. And that precious seed might not call the attention of everybody else, but it calls the attention of the one that matters. I don't know about you, man. But in 2021 and 2022 and 2023, I want to call his attention. I want my giving to say, you know what? Come, look, or not even come look, but I just want to give him a smile. Smile, man. And maybe he won't call his disciples, but maybe he'll call his angels. Hey, come here. You see my son? You see my daughter? You see what he just did? is here this nation has never lived what it's living now so that they could live what they've never lived with God this is not happening just because man there's no coincidences crisis comes to give you an opportunity to sow a precious seed. Again, I'm not talking about money. I don't want you, I'm not asking for money. You hear me? I want to make that clear. But maybe for some of you guys, it is money. Maybe that's your precious seed. For some of you guys, it's time. Well, I don't have time to seek him. Really? presence in this place. Can we, can we sing something for you? I don't know, you need my mic, right? No? You guys stand up. Just close your hands and close your eyes. Well, close your hands. Close your eyes and lift your eyes. Close your eyes and lift your hands to God. Come on. Bye.
tell him. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
And that opportunity is to give it all. I thank you, my God. We love you. We lift you up, Jesus, in this place. Thank you for your presence. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Start singing now the other part right in the song. Yeah. Can you sing it? that well, I'm going to call you Adrian. Yeah, let's just wait for me. I'm not going to All right. And your wife's name? Come, come. Stand right here. I spit sometimes, so I'm sorry. Nah, but I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> Splash zone. There you go. Splash zone. Father, I just uh, want to bless this couple. God, I don't know what that picture means for them, my God. But I, 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 I sense in the spirit, my God, that uh, that you have big things for them. I don't know what their cry has been, what their battle has been, 
what the burden has been. But I do know one thing, that you have put a passion in their heart for you. And sometimes, my God, things of this world have tried to compete with that. But there's only one man standing now. That's you, Jesus. Love you. It's always, always a pleasure and an honor to be in. This is my house. I consider it like home. And uh, you are my family, my wife and I. Uh, just want to thank you, man, for, for being here. Um, hey, let's give it all together. Yeah? Let's give it all, man. You know, the next year, or even the next time that we see each other, man, man God, you can bring us a burden in our hearts. That un, with that buried talent. Yeah? Yeah? Love you guys. God bless.